Hello, welcome to Awaken Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lombardo. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Paul spoke that to believers, the believers of Ephesus, and his desire was that Ephesians would experience the fullness of of their inheritance in Jesus Christ. So they wouldn't live in the shallow waters, but they would dive deep and they would live for Jesus wholeheartedly and that they would experience the presence of God, that they would experience union with the Holy Spirit, that they would walk in their God-given calling, exercise the gifts of the Spirit in their life, see the miraculous provision of God and see His hand in operation. And that's my desire for you, that you would fully dive in. I know as a believer, your heart is is hardwired to want to know God, but I know there's so many hindrances. I know there's so many distractions and responsibilities, and there's things pulling us from every which way, but I want to let you know through this podcast that you could experience the fullness of Jesus. My desire is for you to be awakened to the grace of God, the love of God, and the deep Um, empowering fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so today I want to talk to you on a subject that is actually uh, very near and dear to my heart. And I'm entitling this show today, Is Jesus Enough? And so when I encountered the Lord, Jesus became my everything. Okay, and I began seeking him with my whole heart and sharing Jesus with my friends and my family. Some thought I was crazy. Some, you know, wanted more information. Some were like, well, if if you needed this, then I need this too, because they were in in the right place to receive it. But I began sharing the good news and wanted to wanted to know him more. And I was like, if it's available to me, if it's if it's in the Bible, then I want it. And so I, I went on this journey, but I also had this experience with God, just like, you know, the, the apostle Peter, when he, when he pulled up all those fish, when he was fishing all night and he wasn't catching anything, but then when Jesus got in his boat and said, put your net on this side, and then there was just a multitude of fish, so many fish that two or three guys needed to lump it into the boat. And how Peter said, turn away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus looked at him and said like, Hey, listen, um, you are a fisher of man. Now there was just, there was just a moment of purpose. There was a moment of destiny saying like, yeah, you used to fish out here in the waters, but now I'm going to have you go out all over the world and fish men and women, bring people to know me, to herald this gospel. And so I had a moment like that, newly saved two, three weeks in, I was laying in my bed, um, just you know, as, as I was going to sleep, I was just meditating on the things of God and turning my heart to him, thinking about him, praying. And I saw a vision um, and, you know, you close your eyes and it's just black. You just see black, right? I began to see pictures form and I saw a picture of myself sitting with one person and I was just dialoguing with them. And then that one person vanished and then two people were there and I was just speaking with them. And then those people vanished and three people were sitting there and I was speaking with them. And then I vanished and it was just black again. And the next picture that opened up before me was a picture of a sea of faces that I could not see beyond, like a massive crowd of people, just thousands upon thousands of people. And Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, first I will have you speak to few and then I will have you speak to many. 
And that was my drop everything and follow Jesus moment. Or I, I knew I loved him. I was after him. I wanted, I wanted everything that he had for me. But I began to realize what that purpose looked like a little bit more. And so he called me to Bible school. That's a long story. Confirmed it in a lot of ways. I wound up going to Christ for the Nations Institute in Dallas, Texas. And I began spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer more than ever before, hitting the streets, doing tons of evangelism. And that vision was always in the forefront of my mind. Like, I can't wait for the day that I... I preach in front of thousands of people. I can't wait for the day that I see miracles and healings and all these things take place in my life. And that was in the forefront of my mind and my heart. And there was this preacher that came in actually from another part of the world, I think in Colombia or somewhere in Central South America. And he preached a very strong message. And it was a little bit unsettling for me, honestly. His message was like, drop everything, you know, dieted these dreams and this stuff and just give everything to Jesus. Jesus. Nothing is better than knowing Jesus. And I understood what he was saying. And my heart was saying, yeah, sure. Absolutely. More important than money, more important than fame, more important than even doing great things in the kingdom of God is knowing Jesus. Like I understood that concept, but then I heard the Lord speak to me in that moment. And he said to me, if you never preach in front of multitudes, if you never write a book, if no one ever knows your name, am I enough for you? And when I heard that, I felt like my heart shattered. I was like, well, well you, you, you told me like, like you gave me this dream. Like I had no purpose in life. I had no vision that I was running towards. You're the one that gave me this dream. And now you're asking me to die to it. Like, yeah, you're enough, but you really ignited my heart when you spoke that to me. And at first I didn't get it. And then after days of meditation, after days of just like personal, you know, kind of dealing with this thing, I, I began to realize that the Lord wasn't telling me to give up the dream he gave me, but he wanted intimacy with him. He wanted relationship with him and the person of Jesus to be the most important thing that literally if none of these things happened, that I would be fulfilled and complete in Christ. He he was putting the first thing first. Okay. You can't put the cart before the horse. You know, all the fruit in our life springs up from knowing him personally, deeply, and walking with him on a daily basis. And so I began to, you know, my mind began to shift. Repentance took place. You know, um, the, the, the changing of, of, of my thought processes and the way I perceived life. And I began to realize it. And then that year, a few months later, I was on the mission field. We went to Thailand, Laos, Malaysia, Indonesia. And I experienced poverty firsthand that I've never seen before. I've experienced persecution, um, seeing persecuted believers and having to smuggle Bibles, you know, over, we, we smuggled Bibles from Thailand into Laos for believers that honestly were being crazy persecuted for their faith. And I saw things that were just mind blowing. All right. And it was, it was huge for me. And I, we went to this church in Malaysia and it was a home church in the middle of the mountains. And we baptized about 30 converts from Islam to Christianity in this dirty, disgusting river down the street. And it was a wild experience. It was a powerful experience. I'll never forget the beauty and the presence of God in that moment and feeling his love for these people. But we were in a church in in, in, in Malaysia and there was this man who was literally skin and bones and he was in a wheelchair and he was just lifting his hands as high as he possibly could but he was weak so he could hardly even lift his hands and a tear was coming down his eyes as they were, he was singing his song 
to Jesus. And the Lord spoke to me again, same thing that he spoke to me a few months earlier. He said to me, Mike, if you never have a book, if you never uh, speak on a microphone, if you never minister to the multitudes, would you be willing to lay your life down for a people like this? If you were, if I called you to be a missionary, a missionary in obscurity in a place like this, would you be okay with that? Am I enough for you? And it was just like a revisiting of that moment where I just went deeper in my surrender and my acknowledgement that he is enough and I would do anything as long as he's there with me. Because if I was preaching to the multitudes or if I wrote a book and if I was ministering and everyone knew my name, but I didn't have that relationship with him, then I wouldn't want to be there anyway. You know, I'm nothing without him. And I acknowledge that like I broke my life years ago and I dug myself into a ditch and it was his presence. It was his voice. It was his love for me that made life worth living, that made life satisfying. And it was the fact that I I'm not following Jesus at a distance. We're actually walking hand in hand and we are one. Those who join with the Lord are now one spirit with him. It says in first Corinthians six seventeen that we are one and that I get to do life with him and in him. That's what makes ministry worth it. I wouldn't want to travel the world. I wouldn't want to do this podcast. I wouldn't want to write a book or preach in front of multitudes if it wasn't for Christ in me and the friendship that I have with him and our our love for each other and having him as the most important person in my life. Without that, everything is nothing. And so I came to that place. And if you sift through the scriptures, you'll find in the Old Testament and the New Testament, people that came to the same conclusion, you know, is Jesus enough? You know, like Abraham, when God, you know, his wife was barren, he couldn't have any children. And God came and promised him that he was going to be a father of multitudes, a father of many nations. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm old. My wife's old. We can't have any kids. How is that even possible? And then Isaac came into his life. His wife was miraculously conceived and Isaac was his miracle child. And then the Lord comes to him and I should probably just read what the Lord said to him. In Genesis 22, verse 2, the Lord said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, this this son that you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Now, take your miracle child, the one that I promised you that would help you get to that place of fulfillment and destiny, take that child and sacrifice him. Okay, that that is absolutely ridiculous, and it's hard for us to comprehend that within our culture because we're not in their time and in that era, but sacrifice was very common. Even the sacrifice of children was very common in that era and in that time frame, but God never intended for Abraham to do that. He was never going to let Abraham do that, but he saw something in Abraham's heart that day when he woke up first thing in the morning and he took his son and they went on their way to the mountain of Moriah. He knew that he said, I did this so that I would know that you fear me, that you honor me, that you love me above all else. Don't touch your son. Don't do this to your son. It was a foreshadowing of Jesus, that Jesus is the one that stepped in and became our sacrifice, the one that would bring connection to God. But Abraham chose the promiser over the promise. He chose Jesus. He chose God and fearing him and honoring him more than the promised child that he wept over, that he 
that he poured his life into, the promise that was given to him even by God himself. The Lord wasn't after the result, he was after his heart. And the same thing happened with Moses in the book of Exodus, where he went through so much trouble and and issues while he was taking millions of Israelites out of Egyptian slavery and leading them through the desert for years and years a longer period of time that, that you know than than even because their disobedience and because of their complaining it took way longer than was supposed to and he was going to bring them in the land of promise and there is a scripture in the book of Exodus in Exodus 33 where Moses is just like Lord like I want, we, we want, no, no one wanted to be in the promised land more than Moses. Okay. You know, he was dealing with grumbling Israelites. He was dealing with issues, disobedient people, people that just weren't getting it. They were just, you know, dull, you know, to understand. And he said, Lord, I don't want to go into the promised land. Do not lead us up from here into this land flowing with milk and honey into this land of promise. If your presence does not go with us. He did not want an angel. God said, hey, listen, I'll send an angel with you. I'm sick of these people. All they're doing is complaining. I'll send an angel with you and you'll go into the promised land. And Moses was like, no, 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 no. I will not go to this land of promise without your presence with me. He would he would rather die in the desert than go into the promised land without the glory and the presence of the Lord with him. He wasn't okay with just supernatural encounters with an angel being with him. He wanted God. And so it's just... These are people that were used mightily by the Lord, used mightily by the Lord. And I'm actually going to have my have my wife here on the podcast at some point, and I want to share our story of how God brought us together. But at the same time, like before I, I met my wife, I was in Mozambique, Africa and with, with, with Heidi Baker's ministry on the mission field. And I met her and she was amazing. She loved the Lord. She was beautiful. She was just sold out. She was just like, I want to live for God. I don't care. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be famous. I just want to live for God. And when she said that, it just ignited my heart. And so I remember getting with the Lord and just saying to him, like, if this is the one you have for me, great. But if not, I die to it. Take it away. You know, I don't want the emotions of it. I don't want the feelings of it. I want your will more than anything else. And I'm telling you guys, that is the heart set that you need to have where it's just like, I, I surrender. I live for you alone. My food is to do the will of God, just like Jesus said. This is what fills me. This is what, this is what satisfies me, walking in his presence, walking in his will, doing his will. This is what brings life to me. And so, you know, that's, that's what I did. And the greatest breakthroughs and the greatest moments of my life came after a prayer like that. You know, when I was in the Philippines and I was traveling and preaching for a month with one of my close friends, I remember getting alone with Jesus on the beach in the Philippines at night before we went to have dinner. And I just said, Lord, I don't know what is the next step in my life. I don't know what the next phase is. There's different open doors that are coming, but what is your door? I I want your door more than anything else. And I just died to my desires. Just like, have your way. I want your way more than anything. And then I just had a moment of sweet presence where I just was worshiping and just receiving comfort and consolation from the Lord. It was just a moment of sharing and interaction with him. And then I went to dinner and I forgot about it. And that same evening, I had a dream that I was back in Mozambique, Africa, serving on the mission field. And I knew that that's what God was telling me to do. I went back to Africa and I met my wife there. Okay. It was one of the greatest decisions that I ever made, but that came through surrendering and saying, Jesus, you are everything to me. I 
I want you more than, you know, than this open door, than money, than notoriety, than anything. I want your will. I want to walk with you. And so I'm going to have my wife on. I, wa- I really want her to share stories. I know a lot of people, you know, are, are, are single and, and looking to, you know, hear from God and looking to get married and everything like that. And I want her to encourage you. She's a powerhouse. She's fiery. She's amazing. And I want her to be able to come on here and share. We'll, we'll do a podcast together here in the future. But, you know, just going back to Exodus 33, there was a man named Joshua in, in Exodus where, hey, Moses, you know, was the leader and people would come out to experience God when Moses came to the tent of meeting then and when the people would come when Moses came and they would and the glory of God would crash in and there'd be supernatural signs in the heavens and, you know, and they, they would they would worship, they would corporately worship. And then when Moses left, everyone else left with him. But there was a man named Joshua who didn't leave when Moses left, who didn't leave when the crowds left. He would stick around the tent of meeting and around the mountain, and he would linger long in the presence of God. It says in Exodus 33, he was such a lover of the presence of God that it didn't matter. He wasn't on the bandwagon. He wasn't on the latest trend. He didn't want to just wear the t-shirt and give a thumbs up or whatever. He wanted to be with the Lord. He was a true lover of the Lord. And so, you know, when when God was looking for a new leader, when Moses got too old and God wasn't going to use Moses to bring the Israelites into the promised land, who did God choose to be Israelites' new leader? Joshua. God chose Joshua, the only one that stuck around, the only one he served and he honored Moses for the duration of his life. But then also he's the one that said, you guys could all leave. I'm going to hang out in God's presence. This is the value of my life. This is my this is my greatest pursuit. This is where my heart is, the presence of God. And so because his heart was that way, the Lord is able to entrust him with one of the greatest missions of his time, bringing the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage and slavery, out of the complaining, out of the 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 the, the, the constant back and forth of going around the same mountain in the promised land into a land flowing with milk and honey. And I want to give you One more example here, a New Testament example of Mary of Bethany. This isn't Mary Magdalene. This isn't, um, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is Mary of Bethany. And she's only mentioned three times in scripture. And she's honestly one of my favorite people in scripture because it says that, you know, there's three places in scripture where she is mentioned. And each time she is found at the feet of Jesus. The first time was in the, it was in the book of Luke where Mary and Martha were, um, you know, with Jesus and they were, Jesus was reclining and, and Mary was at his feet, just listening to his words, receiving revelation, understanding, just looking at his eyes and just, just like, just saying like, teach me, you're, you're the teacher, I'm the student, I want to know you more. And, you know, Martha was running around serving and everything. And then you see in John chapter 11, how she fell at his feet in a, you know, after a traumatic experience where her brother died and she didn't know where to go. She didn't run from the Lord. She ran to the Lord in a very tragic situation in her life. It said she fell at his feet. She said, where were you? If you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus wept, it says. 
But so many of us run away from the Lord when, you know, when horrific things happen in our lives instead of running to him and falling at his feet. And then it says after the breakthrough happened, after Lazarus was raised from the dead and he was reclining at the table with Jesus, it said that Mary came and she broke open, you know, expensive a jar of ointment and she poured out her love on his feet and she washed his feet with her hair and that was her at his feet again thanking him going to a deeper level of sacrifice and devotion saying I don't care how much this ointment is worth a year's wages I will pour it out it's not a waste it is not anything you are worthy of this and she poured it all out at his feet so Mary was found at the feet of Jesus you know when everything was going fine she was just there just learning from him and then she was found at his feet when tragedy struck and she needed answers then she was found at his feet going to a deeper level of devotion and sacrifice pouring out her finances pouring out not not caring what people think not being ashamed just there at his feet saying thank you she just fell deeper in love and she went deeper in a relationship with God after she came out the other side of that tragedy. And so we just have, you know, and I could keep on going here. King David, the Apostle Paul, John the Beloved. I could just keep on going and telling you about people that cared more about Jesus than anything else. Peter, Paul, all of the disciples, you know, um, except John. And John sacrificed his life and was persecuted plenty, but all of the apostles were martyred for their faith. They did not, you know, uh, cling to their life. They did not find their life to be like, oh yeah, I'm not, you know, I want a platform and I want to be famous and all this kind of stuff. They were laying down their life. They were thrown in prison. They were whipped. They were beaten because more than anything, they just loved Jesus and they wanted his will. And so if you want to go deeper, and I'm closing out here. If you want to go deeper and you want your heart awakened and you want to you want to experience the presence of God, you want to be used by the Lord, you want to you want to operate in, in the gifts and the calling of God for your life. This is my question. Is Jesus enough? If you never got notoriety, if you never got a platform, if anyone if no one knew your name, if no one knew what you did in secret, if all you did was pray in secret and all you did was share the gospel with people in secret and no one knew except heaven and no one knew except Jesus himself, then are you okay with that? And it's not meant to say God won't do those things in your life because he will. I wrote a book that was published with a large Christian publishing house, Destiny Image Publishers. I have this podcast and God gave me this podcast and I have traveled around the world preaching the gospel, you know, a microphone, you know, there's, there's people that know who I am in my ministry, but God wanted my heart in the proper place so he could truly trust me to steward these things without taking the glory, without taking the fame, without making ministry to be about me. Ministry is not about me. Ministry is not about building a platform. Ministry is not about being the coolest, hippest, trendiest, most powerful minister out there. It's about living sold out and surrendered to the Lord and growing an intimate relationship with him. And so I ask you this question today just to say to you, I know that by asking these questions and sharing the stories I shared that your heart is being pricked right now. I know that some of you guys are, are, are being challenged and you're, and you're, you're being stretched at this current moment. And I believe even right now, the Holy Spirit is opening up your mind to things. He's He's saying, yeah, remember this, remember that, remember this. And he's bringing up circumstances and, and, and situations in your life or relationships and things that he wants you to do, things that he wants you to surrender to him. Just because you're, you're saved and you're born again doesn't mean that every area of your life is, is yielded to Jesus. 
Okay, and so what area have you been holding back? What area is unyielded? What area can Jesus redeem in your life? What are you going after that the Lord wants to maybe prioritize some things in your life, family, whatever it may be, but is Jesus the reward? Is he the reward? Do you know him in a way that, you know, it's it's enticing for him to be the reward? Because I'm telling you, when you encounter Jesus, everything changes. Just like Peter and, and John, when Jesus came to them, when they were fishing, he said, he just showed up and they dropped everything, the Bible says, to follow him. What is it about this man? What is it about his presence, his authority, who he is, the look in his eyes? What is it about this man that would make you drop your, your, your way of making money, which to them was fishing, to drop everything to follow him and live a life of faith. You know, so I pray that you would encounter him. That's what this podcast is about. And I pray that he would be your everything, that you would know your gifts, your talents, you know, your, your personality. You wouldn't have any of that if it wasn't for Jesus giving that to you. Okay, you need him. And I just pray that your heart would open like a flower right now for you to see Jesus in his wonder, in his glory. That you would see his his eyes, that you would see his face, that he would give you a vision in your heart. And if you don't know what you're called to, that the Lord would just speak that into you right now. That you begin to have understanding of not only your identity in Christ, but your purpose here on this earth. And I just bless you with that. And I just thank you, Lord, that you are moving mightily and they are not left out. They are not left behind. They are not insignificant. They are unique and they've been anointed and they've been called to do something that no one else can do. And more than anything else, you're the reward, Lord. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's podcast. This is Awaken Live. I'm your host, Michael Lombardo, and I, um, hey, listen, subscribing to this podcast, um, rating it, reviewing it on iTunes and wherever, you know, you listen to podcasts, it really helps reach more people. We want more people to be blessed by the interviews and the teachings that take place here. And so, hey, have a wonderful week and I will see you on the next episode. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to 
Be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you thank you